I tried to look my very best because when I finish preaching this morning, I don't want anybody to say, well, what turnip truck dropped him off? So that gives you a little notion of what I'm going to be talking about today, maybe. You have to have a long experience with holiness preachers and Pentecostal preachers to know everything I'll be talking about today with the background of it. But you don't have to really know anything other than the Word of God. When it all comes right down to it, you'll believe what I'm preaching you. I was out in California a few years ago when I went out there often because of my grandchildren. I would usually try to go to some church, sometimes one that I was familiar with. There was a Hollywood Presbyterian, which was well known as a great charismatic church in those days, and some Assemblies of God churches. And there's a church in California in Los Angeles called Angelus Temple. It was built by the great woman evangelist, Amy Semple McPherson, and dedicated in 1923. It's still standing today, and it is still used for services today with hundreds and maybe even a few thousand people attending that church. In her day, it would seat 5,300 people, and it was full constantly for every service they had. They remodeled it later on and reduced the seating capacity to about 3,000. The church fell on hard times. It's in a kind of a rundown area of Los Angeles now, an area called Echo Park. It's right across the street from Echo Lake. But it's kind of been renewed and restored now with new leadership and, uh, and uh, new ministry. It's connected with the Los Angeles Dream Center now. The leader of that ministry is the pastor of the church. So I, I went to visit and be in a morning service at Angelus Temple because I knew the history and it was just something I wanted to experience. So I went to attend this service, and the pastor stood up that morning, and he said, Now, I want you to be prepared because I'm preaching the kind of sermon I have to preach about twice a year out here in this church. He said, we used to call them a clothesline sermon. I'll tell you why in a minute. But he said, we used to call them a clothesline sermon, and I just want you to know, get ready for it, that's what's coming today. When the old line preachers, they sometimes say they preach from the clothesline because they didn't, you know, they'd start off with a Bible text, and after about five minutes of that, they were off on how women were supposed to dress and they shouldn't wear jewelry. And all, it was like 99% about how the women were supposed to be. Hardly ever talked about anything about the men. I think that was because they were all men preachers. But I don't know. It could be more than that. So, so they talked about all different kinds of things. It didn't matter what the text was that they started with. They always wound up with something about women dressing, women wearing makeup, women wearing jewelry, or not doing it, not doing it. Not, I didn't say they didn't preach about not dressing, but they did say not wearing makeup, not wearing jewelry. So it was clothesline preaching, they called it. One old boy back in those days found him a true scripture. Do any of you women remember when it was stylish to wear your hair kind of up in a bun on the, your head and it was called a top knot? It was kind of a stylish thing. They couldn't make up their minds whether they wanted the women to cut their hair or not cut it. 
they couldn't make up the last whether one would twirl up on the top or let it hang down. And it was a bad it was a bad days to be women in the Pentecostal church. I guess some of you know that and remember. <laughs> anyway, so so this old boy found him a good text. It's over in Matthew chapter twenty four, and Jesus said, he's talking about the end days. He said, let him that is on the housetop not come down. And this old boy got hold of that text, and he said, I have found a new scripture and a new interpretation. I've got to give it to you today. And he talked about women's top knots, that stylish bun they wore on the hair. And he preached on that message. This was his text, on the house top not come down. But to him it was, top not come down. I never preached that message myself, but I did hear it. <laughs> so... And so that morning, the pastor at Angela's temple said, I'm going to preach a clothesline message today. So he took off on how women are supposed to dress. And he was actually, he was right on line. It it wasn't really an old-fashioned clothesline sermon. It was true to the scripture. He preached about modesty. And and after the service, I'm going to tell you why you need to preach this sometimes now. This is the point of all I'm saying up to now. After the service, I was leaving, and as I walked down the sidewalk, there was a line of buses because they had a great bus ministry. brought kids in from all over, loaded up the buses and brought them in. And in those days, it was popular. A lot of places did that. They brought their, and, and, and I, I heard one of his bus drivers, as I looked and saw her sitting up in the seat of the bus, and she was saying, I was sitting there in the balcony of that church this morning. That preacher was preaching against everything that you could think of. And there was one old woman sitting over beside me. And every time he'd say something that she thought was right for me, she would look over at me and say, and she's talking on her cell phone. I'm, I'm hearing this as I walk by. And, I, and, every, and all through the service, she kept looking. She'd look it over at me when he was preaching, look it over at me, and pointing to me. So I'm thinking, well, what? So I, I'm, I, I admit, I was just so curious enough, I just stopped to listen. I was not too far from the open door of the bus as kids were coming to get on it. She was a church bus driver. And then she said, and, 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 then, and, then, he, and then he got on the shorts, and she really got pointing to me at them. Well, I'm looking up, sitting up in the bus, and she's wearing shorts about like this. Well... Yeah, about like that. <laughs> now, now, she was sitting in the bus, driving the bus home in those shorts. I'm pretty sure she's sitting up in the balcony with them. I didn't see her in the balcony. I was down on the main floor. But she said she was in the balcony, and she said the woman was pointing at her, and she said when he got on shorts, she really looked at her. Well, she was wearing them in church that day while she was wearing on the bus. I would say it's a good thing she was in the balcony, and it wouldn't hurt the old woman to put pointing at her a few times. So anyway, nobody comes to church dressed like that here. And I know it. I recognize that. Please don't start. If you think I'm giving license to that, I am not. I'm just telling you what happened. That's a true event I just think. I just gave you. But I am going to tell you that God is concerned about a lot of things that we may not think much about. 
and we ought to give attention to them. God is concerned about details. In fact, He is concerned about every little thing that we may let pass by and never pay attention to. And when we do, we do it at our own peril. This is what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. I'm reading this from the King James Version. But, he, but I say unto you, Jesus is speaking, I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. That shocking, and I've been shocked by it many times as I've read it over the years, to understand just what Jesus is saying, that men shall give an account for every idle word, all people, not just male gender, all people, all men, all people shall give an account in the day of judgment for every idle word that they speak. Idle, careless words, one interpretation says it. Empty words, another interpretation puts it. Careless or useless, another says I'm going to give you further explanations of that from the Scripture as I proceed with this message this morning. But to point out to you that God is concerned about details, about every little thing, this is what he said in another passage, Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. For truly I say to you, Jesus is speaking, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. The King James Version says, where you may be more familiar with it, not a jot or a tittle shall pass until all the law is fulfilled. So God is concerned about every detail of his word, of his truth, of his revelation. Not an iota, not a little speck, not a little dot will be disregarded from the law of God in the day of judgment. That's an awesome thing to think about. Awesome to dwell upon. And where it affects us is, according to what the things I've just said, is what the things that are spoken, the things that are said. James picked up on that and was very clear about it. This is what James said about the tongue. James chapter 3, verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member. And boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. A little tongue, sometimes they don't seem little, do they? They have a lot of activity for to be so little. But even though it's a small member of the body, a little member of the body, the tongue boasts great things and can cause a great fire. A metaphor at fire, of course. So the tongue is a member of the body, as all members are really, of the body, that must be controlled, must be disciplined, must be carefully watched over and watched out for. Because that little fire that the tongue represents can become a big conflagration. How many times 
has great detriment been done by the tongue. And although I hate to revisit it, and I'm reluctant to call it to your attention, in case some of you here feel differently about it from the way that I do, it is not a fellowship breaker. It is not a determination of whether somebody's going to hell or not. Because I believe one way about it doesn't mean I'll go to heaven because you believe another means you'll go to hell. But it's an important thing that I use to illustrate what I'm talking about this morning. We have just been through a national, a national display, a national demonstration. I'm sure it was international, but it was all over our country, all over the news, all of the time about horrible things being said without proof and without evidence, about horrible accusations being made about a person who had almost an unblemished life, a religious life, a family life, a dedicated life, and the most horrible things were being said about him without one degree, without one scintilla, or to use a word from the Bible, without one iota of evidence about it except what one person said and accused him of. If that isn't representative of the danger of the tongue, I don't know how it could be any better illustrated than that. I think we witness a national disgrace because the news media gathered in and those great guardians of the truth, those great respecters of veracity that we're supposed to depend on and believe because they're who they are, joined in the chorus and spoke things in their print that were without truth, without evidence, without basis, and were outright and outrageous lies. But our newspaper carried it. I'm not talking about Clay today. I'm talking about the Times Union. That's the biggest newspaper of the area. They carried it and put things in there like they were true. And yet they like to pat themselves on the back. And I read their articles all the time about how great they are. They're defenders of the truth. They're anything but defenders of the truth. So I'm going to tell you, friends, this is not political. This is spiritual. We're under a spiritual attack, and it's coming from lies and deceit. And I will tell you this. There's one thing that any Christian knows and any Christian can identify. I will make it known to you clearly. When lies come, when deceit comes, when deception comes, when delusion comes, there's only one source for that. In all the world, in all of the, all of the supernatural world, there's only one source from that. And that is the father of lies, in whom there is no truth. That's the devil and his work. I, didn't have, I had no idea I was going to preach this good this morning. <laughs> I'm saying I didn't really plan to say all that, but I'm glad I did. So the tongue is a little member. Wow, what a fire it can build. It's like, you know, consider what a great fire. This is another translation of that verse. The tongue is a small, little part, little part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great fire or a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. A small spark can cart a forest fire. And it has done it many times. That's a warning about the tongue. So, Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Now, I kind of 
put you on guard. And sometimes, you know, if you raise a, a big barrier of warning and then you don't say anything that requires that warning, people feel a little bit relieved. So I told you in the beginning about a lot of things. I don't plan to talk about how women dress. I will say this, dress modestly. We don't care about seeing any more than we're supposed to see. Dress modestly. And men, you need to encourage that because you don't have any business wanting to see any more than you're supposed to see. Whether it's in the underwear catalog or whether you get Playboy just to read the articles. You don't need to be planning to see any more than you're supposed to see. That was an old-fashioned thing I just said there about getting Playboy magazine to read the articles. That's what a lot of men I heard used to say. They read the articles, yeah. Those intellectual giants <laughs> wanted to read the <laughs> But I will tell you today, you know, you don't have to buy a magazine. You used to have to buy a magazine, and I guess you'd put it on brown, unmarked paper bag to slip it out. You don't have to buy magazines right now. You just go on your computer. You see anything that the devil wants you to see. He's got. He's, he doesn't, you don't have to go to the newsstand. The devil's got a place in your home if you let him have it. Right there where you live. Right at your desk or wherever it is you keep your computer. I've got a laptop. I've got an iPad. And, and uh, another computer. And, and, and I, I don't. I know because I've read these things, and I, and I know also because sometimes things will come unexpected you don't, that you don't expect to see. I'm not interested in dating sites. You know, <laughs> I lost my interest in that a long time ago, uh, 58 years ago, a little bit more. <laughs> but it's there. I tell you, it, it, is, it is absolutely a fact that, and I know this because I see it on TV. They're advertising dating sites on TV. I was I, I recorded a, a western that I wanted to watch, and it was on really late at night. And so, if the things comes on really late at night, and I want to see it, it's just almost always a western of some kind. I was watching this western movie, and the, the advertising in between in the show, I usually zip right through that, but somehow I happened to. Coming at the end of the one while I was waiting for the next segment of the program to get started, I saw this ad on there about calling this 800 number. And I saw, as it told me the 800 number to call in it, and I saw this girl on there presenting the message, and she was saying, there's a lot of stuff going on on this 800 number. I didn't need a whole lot of interpretation on that. I got it pretty quickly. There's a lot of stuff going on on this 800 number that you don't need to be calling 1-800 to listen to. I'm not advising that, just warning you it's out there. And you need to be on guard. You need to be on guard. Honestly, it's hard to walk through the department store if you go in the women's department. Hard to pick up some of the mail that comes in advertising the sales going on at Steinmart or JCPenney or wherever they are. Because they're going to show you all that underwear that I hope you don't wear. So if you're not going to wear it, man, you're not buying it for your wife, you really don't need to know anything about it. I know you plan to make a recommendation to your wife. Man. Your recommendation probably don't, don't notice what I'm doing. Look, this is, 
This is a, a, a matter of truth for us. I'm almost, almost glad this morning these lights are in my eyes. Sometimes I really kind of chafe under that, but I'm almost glad now. I can see you folks over here real well. I can see you over here real well. But you folks out there have almost got a pass. I can't see you, but I'm preaching to you anyway. And now they're changing the light so I can see you better. I didn't even ask for it. <laughs> no. Okay, so. So, there are things that we ought not to do, we must not do. And God is concerned about those things that we let infect our minds coming in through the eye and coming out from the tongue, and that lust that builds in your heart will turn you away from the victory of God and the blessing of God that he wants you to have. So the devil isn't working every single thing that you can imagine and beyond. You can put a, something in a search engine that you're looking for that's legitimate, and the devil turn it around because there's so much of it out there, and the wrong thing come up that you're not looking for. you just got to be very, very careful. And they used to say all the things that were said, I told you earlier, it was always 99% toward the women and, and, and almost never toward the men. I've turned it around this morning. I've almost given you women a reprieve because just about everything I've said is to you men. And men, you need to be listening to me right now. You need to be paying attention to what I'm saying. And you need to make sure you do the right thing about it. The right thing about it. And you know, I don't have to tell you what the right thing is because you already know. Listen to the Spirit of the Lord guiding you and leading you in the right direction. And do not hear that word that dwells in your mind that does not come from God but comes from the enemy that is going to take you in the wrong direction. It's time to look at it and look at it carefully. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read something. I, I plan to recommend that you read it. I'm going to read it for you, in fact. This is going to be from the New International Version, the NIV. And I welcome you, if you have a, your Bible, to read along with me. We may have this up on the screen, Ephesians chapter 5. I don't see five up there, but it's, that's what it is. Ephesians chapter 5, that's okay, starting with verse 1. And so this is, now I'm, this is what I'm reading. This is not what your pastor said, although I'm in total agreement with it, of course. This is what the Apostle Paul said. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God, this is what he said. I want you to listen carefully to this. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. You need to read 1 Corinthians for that. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, which we celebrated this morning. But among you, among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. 
For of this you can be sure. Go reading the Bible. Of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, he says, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness. You were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. I've got that part highlighted in yellow in my Bible. In all of them. Find out what pleases the Lord. In your daily life, find out what pleases the Lord. And do what pleases the Lord. When you find it, when you discover it, do what you know pleases God. He will let you know if you're willing to do it. I'm going on reading. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's just what I was doing earlier when I said I hadn't planned to say that. Exposing the darkness. I believe that was demonic and totally of the devil. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedience do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. It will all be known. Everything that is illuminated becomes light. That's why it said, wake up, sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, another highlighted part I have. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's foolishness not to understand the will of the Lord. Because he wants us to know. He wants us to understand. Otherwise, he wouldn't admonish us to know, to do it. To learn and know what the will of the Lord is. And it's foolish not to know it, because we can know it, and we need to know it to live by it. By the will of the Lord. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. First 20 verses of Ephesians chapter 5. It says about speaking, coarse speaking. Coarse language. Coarse jokes. I was sitting with a group of preachers at a preacher's meeting. We were all close friends. We'd been friends for years. Everyone else at the table, some maybe not as long as others, but I think there were a couple of younger guys there, Billy and a friend of his. But all the rest of us, we'd been around and we'd known each other for years. So something came up about another preacher who admittedly, it did look kind of funny. It was a bandage. That's not funny. It was a bandage for something. It was a big, big protruding bandage. 
And when it was commented on, they were just, it was kind of in levity. We were kind of speaking of, and I said, well, if it were red, it would be a clown's nose and it'd be just right. And about 10 seconds later, I think, why in the world were you so stupid? Why would you say something like that? Why would you, why would your mouth even say a word like that and be so, that is such an ignorant thing to do. So about 15 seconds after I said it, I said, hold on just a minute. I want to ask you if every one of you, please forgive me for what I just said a few minutes ago about so-and-so and his bandage. I said, that was not appropriate for me to say that. I shouldn't have said it, so just forget that I said it. Well, of course, they all say it's all right and all right. But my point is, you just have to be aware. Sometimes you're going to say something you know you shouldn't have said, but then take care of it. Do what you're supposed to do with it. But the best thing to do is don't ever say it to start with. So when you get ready to tell that suggestive joke that reflects on immorality that you think is funny, just shut up. Just don't tell it. Because you're not supposed to do things like that, Christian. Christian brother, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be talking totally differently from that. Your speech is supposed to glorify the Lord. Even when you're at home and there's nobody there but you and your family. I shouldn't say even, I should say especially then. You need to be glorifying Him. I'm trying to teach myself this, and I'm trying to learn it every single day, doing the best I can and not to forget about it. But of course now, nobody, well, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that mere couple confession and let it go. I want to, I want to be better. I want to do better in everything and every way. I want to represent the Lord in my life better than I do now. And I don't tell dirty jokes, and I'm not saying that. <laughs> I told a really funny joke in men's fellowship yesterday. It's all right to tell jokes. It was funny, wasn't it? Yeah. I was a speaker at men's fellowship yesterday, by the way. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to be. It just turned out that way. I forgot to get anybody else, so I had to do it myself. My fault. Anyway, so I preach to him and whatever. So, but I told her, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with a joke unless it's coarse, reflects on immorality, and makes sexual innuendo that's supposed to be funny. What I told yesterday certainly did. Would you like to hear what I told yesterday? I mean, really, you want, you know, I don't have to tell it, but I'll tell you if you want me to. How many would like to hear me tell what I told yesterday? Everybody laughed about it. Okay. Well, that's a majority. Okay, so here's, here's, here's what it was. I, first thing I said to them, I said, let me, let me remember what <laughs> Okay, so. Uh, so the preacher, the preacher was up, and the, the conclusion of his message, he'd been preaching about heaven. And the cl- conclusion of his message, he said, now, everybody here that wants to go to heaven, raise your hand. And the people raised their hands all over. Except one guy sitting right on the front row, he just sat right there. The preacher said, well, what's wrong with him? Maybe he's just not saved. I don't know. I thought he was a Christian. He's a member of the board. He's a big usher. He should be supposed to be a Christian. So anyway, so he said, well, let me explain this a little bit better. Well, I just preached on heaven. We know heaven is real. We know hell is real. Everybody that wants to go to heaven, everybody wants to go to heaven. Raise your hand. And then they raise their hands high. Everybody said that one old boy sitting in the front row, and he sat there just right there. 
and the preacher by now, he's, 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 he's kind of annoyed. He doesn't want to give up. He's going to try one more time. He says, now, everybody in there, I just want to make clear so everybody knows you're going to heaven. I want to get everybody on the record about going to heaven so everybody in this congregation. Now, he said that. I'm not asking you to do it. He said, everybody in this congregation wants to go to heaven. Stand up. And they stood up all over the place on this side and that side. They all stood up. Everybody in the place stood up except one old boy sitting on the front row. And he's sitting there just like that. So by now the preacher just can't take it. He can't hardly stand it. He can't do it. He can't. He's got to know. So he said, brother, I don't want to embarrass you, but I just want to know. Don't you want to go to heaven when you die? And the old boy jumped straight up. He's all preacher. Oh, yeah, I want to go when I want when I die. I'm sorry I misunderstood. I thought you were getting off a load to go now. So, so that's what I told yesterday at the men's fellowship. And I, and, I, and, I, and I bother to do that just to tell you that when the Bible speaks about, about humor, about telling jokes, it, it doesn't say that you're not to have humor. It doesn't say that you're not to experience things that are funny and, and, and enjoy that. But the coarse things, the things that reflect on immorality, the things that suggest wrong sexual acts, the things that have, you know what I'm talking about. That's the kind of thing that is does not belong in a, in a Christian's conversation. So, I, I, I think I've covered. Is there anything else you want me to cover that somebody you know is bad doing in this church? If you do, slip right up here and whisper it to me and I'll jump on it right now. <laughs> okay. No volunteer. If I had said that before I started and asked you to write on a piece of paper slip it up to me, I'd be reading them right now. But I understand why you don't want to come on here. So, so, so let, let me ask you, I, this is not, you know this is not the way I usually preach. But I think I've done all right this morning. I, 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 I think I've said some things that need to be said and declared some things that need to be declared. And I'm going to tell you that if you want to live a victorious life for Jesus, if you want to live a victorious life for Jesus, you'll pay attention to things I've said this morning. You will go to your computer and, and look at it differently. It may not be totally Ben I'm talking to, but I'm just, you know, I consider myself, I preach to everybody, but I consider myself a man who has a message for men. We had about 40 men in our men's fellowship yesterday. <clears throat> Not because I was there. They didn't know I was speaking, so it had to do with me. I'm just saying, this is, and, and ladies and women, we love you. We could not do without you. We don't want to even try to do without you. We don't want to even, if, if you suggest it, we'll say, no, that's not of God. We can't do without you. But I basically, a lot of times, preach to men. And, and, and I believe God has, in this church, a strong, a strong, powerful contingent of males. And I don't know 
about all this toxic masculinity that the politically, I can't even say it, I don't even believe it. Politically correct people want to talk about. I don't even know what that is and don't even care. I don't want to hear the explanation about it. It's foolish stupidity is all it is. Masculinity, is, as long as you're not chauvinistic, is not a bad thing. This, this kingdom, this kingdom needs men who will stand up and be brave men, stalwart men, soldiers, soldiers of Jesus Christ who will carry the banner and hold it high and march forward to the benefit of the kingdom. This church needs men like that. And we're open to having, we've got a lot of them. And I say this with deep appreciation for you men in this church sitting here. Even if I've kind of twitched you a little bit this morning and kind of pinned you around the edges and maybe since not hit a couple of you right straight between the eyes, that's okay if I did you needed it. It's not a bad thing that you got it. Because we want to be the men that God wants us to be. Above everything and above all. We want to know what God expects of us, and now we do know. We want to know what God expects of us, and then we want to be that man who fulfills that calling of God to serve Him in His kingdom and to carry forth the Word of God that He's called us to do. And thank God for the women who march along with us. Thank God for the women who march along beside us and keep our hands held high and give us strength to go forward. Hallelujah! Everybody stand with me, please. I don't know quite how to end the service like this. Uh, so I, I'll figure it out. Don't give up on me. I'm not figuring out. It. But it's not a normal time. I'm not going to ask people to come to the altar. Unless you just need to for something. You need prayer. We will pray for you. Come on if you want to. But I believe you've received something this morning. If you've heard and received, received. You may reject what I said today. But if you've received it, I believe you've received something from God. And what we all want to be is we want to be better servants of God. Every woman here wants to be a better woman of God. Every man here wants to be a better man of God. We want to be upward, upwardly mobile in the kingdom, moving upward and forward all the time. And God help us to do that. God help us to do that. Father, this morning I pray. I pray for every person who's heard me. And, and Lord, I know that you've given me, because it was some of it so far from anything I planned to say this morning. And I do believe, Lord, when that happens, when I'm here as your prophet, as, as, as your deliverer of your message, when that happens, it's because you choose to put something in that I didn't know needed to be there ahead of time. And I believe you've done that in this service today. You've spoken things that people need to hear. I don't know who, maybe every single one here, but maybe only a few. But I know there are people here who need to hear and receive, listen and accept what I've declared this morning from your word, because it is your word. And you will make us stronger for receiving it, stronger for standing on it, stronger for acting on it. And we pray that you'll do that for us. Do that for us in Jesus' name. Do that for us in Jesus' name.